Are you listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or any other platform where you can leave a rate or review? Do you like what we're doing? If the answer to all of that is yes, please consider quickly giving us a five-star rate. And if you wouldn't mind leaving us a nice review, we greatly appreciate that as well. Okay, let's do this. Hello, welcome to the Ghost of Harrenhal. My name's Simon. And I'm McKelly. Thank you for joining us for episode 20. 20! Woo! Of our chapter-by-chapter book review of A Song of Ice and Fire by George R. R. Martin. Today we're discussing chapter 19 of A Game of Thrones, that's John 3. As always, we'll chat about the chapter and try not to spoil any future plot points for you. And hopefully, if we're doing our job right, we'll provide you with some entertainment along the way. We'll summarise what's happened, discuss our thoughts on it, provide some useful background, compare it to the TV show and indulge in little pedantry. Be sure to check out our show notes. They provide some additional information about the characters and other things of note about the chapter. How are you? Um, doing all right. A little tired. Just finishing up that bathroom. Oh, uh, yeah. Putting in a little sweat equity on the bathroom. Uh, yeah. Had perfect. the professionals do the hard stuff like the tile and the reconfiguration and everything, and now I'm installing the vanities and the faucets and the toilet and all that kind of jazz. Just so the fit and finish can be down a step. Right, exactly. <laughs> no, no, I'm sure you'll do a good job. Um, uh, well, that makes one of us. Yeah. I'm very excited to see it. I think we should have photos on the uh, Twitter account once it's ready. We'll do that. I can definitely do that. How about you? Anything going on? Uh, no, nothing. Nothing at all? No, nothing. <laughs> you got your sun spear. Your, yes, uh, I've gone for... House Dorn. House Smartel. Uh, yeah, House Dorn. House Dorn. <laughs> yes, um, my socks. He's yes. talking about my socks. Are the... these, these are actually, I don't particularly like these because they're kind of like a horrible orangey-brown color. So I only wear them on weekends. That's why <laughs> these, these will get some playtime because uh, they're definitely weekend socks. Anyway, we've got a lot to talk about today, so let's we get down do. to business. Quick recap of what John was up to previously. Uh, last we saw of John, he was trekking north from Winterfell in the company of Tyrion and some of his future brothers. He was being a little prickly as the enormity of his decision was beginning to dawn on him. McKelly, why don't you give us the summary? I can do just that thing. So John is in training along with the other new recruits under the command of Sir Alistair Thorne, who has begun calling him Lord Snow in mocking respect, and the other boys have picked up on that as well. John is not a fan of the moniker. He is by far the best fighter in the group, despite being one of the youngest. He savagely defeats the other boys at every opportunity. Although he is lonely and miserable, he misses his siblings and he is cold. Very cold. And Uncle Benjamin is no help. Since they've gotten to Castle Black, he is a different person. As First Ranger, he spends his time with Lord Commander Mormont and Maester Eamon. John begs Benjamin to take him with him on his upcoming ranging to look for Sir Waymar Royce. Oh, yes, yeah. so, so Waymar, the guy who was killed in the prologue. Yes. But not, but then wasn't completely killed. That's the guy. Yeah. I hope they don't find him. <laughs> right. But Benjamin rejects John, telling him he's green and still smells of summer. He reminds John that these men are his family now, and his stark blood will not win him any favors. Later, in the armory, John is ganged up on by four recruits. A fight breaks out, but is broken up by the one armed smith, Donald Noy. He kicks all but John out of the armory. John thinks the boys hate him because he's better than them. Noy says they hate him because he acts like he's better than them. 
Noi explains all the advantages he's had over the other boys, pointing out that the only training these boys have had is clacking a few sticks together, so he shouldn't be so proud of his victories. After leaving the armory, he runs into Tyrion Lannister, who once again points out that the Night's Watch defends against Grumpkins and Snarks. Good that he's there for that. (laughs) (laughs) Just to remind you of the stupidity of your decisions in life. The two of them walk to the common hall together. John thinks that only Tyrion had told him the truth about life at the Wall. When they sit down to eat, Sir Alistair informs John that Lord Commander Mormont wants to see him. After being threatened by Tyrion, he tells John it's about Bran. So John dashes to Lord Commander Mormont's chambers. He learns that Bran has woken. Woo! He's crippled but alive, and John is ecstatic. When he gets back to the common hall, he can't help but share the news, and there seems to be a general thawing towards him. He conciliates with Gren, offering to show him how to defend himself. Thorn draws that it would be easier to teach a wolf to juggle than Gren to fight. John retorts that he'll take that bet, that he'd love to see ghosts juggle. Everyone laughs, with the obvious and significant exception of Sir Alistair Thorne, who tells him, that was a grievous error, Lord Snow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, again, John's annoyed by the names that people call him, but yeah. right back when he first met Tyrion, Tyrion said, use that. Yeah. Armor yourself with it. Don't don't let people hurt you with the names they call you. Yeah, he's not a fan of Lord Snow. But Tyrion tries again in this chapter. He reminds him that if he lets them see that the words are cutting him, they'll keep on doing it, so he needs to make... Make it his own. Embrace it. Yeah. It's sad for John that he's lonely. Yeah. Uh, I think there's like 20, uh, 20 youngsters, or not, not necessarily all young, in his recruit class, and none of them are his friends. Right. Uh, and Benjen is not the security blanket we had hoped he would be. Right. But but I think, again, I mean, he's saying that Tyrion's the only one who warned him, but Benjen warned him too right Benjamin said don't do this you know <laughs> at least not yet yeah you're 14 kid so yeah Benjamin is immediately dropped back into business first mode and he's uh he's talking to the senior members yeah. of the night's watch and ignoring john the upper crust yes. of the night's watch <laughs> there's such <laughs> a thing <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> seems, seems a stretch and then so john asks him about going ranging with him and Benjamin refuses him but I'm not sure why John thought that was going to work in the first place. Because he's 14. I guess, yeah. And, and literally does think he's better than everyone else. <laughs> he's, I believe it says he's been there for three days at that point, mm-hmm. and he's just going to roll out with the Rangers. Mm-hmm. So it's not a picnic I don't believe they're going on. So. Yeah. Yeah, so he hasn't gone through initial training, and he hasn't said the words. So the, right. the formal joining of the Night's Watch is speaking the words, which is a vow to... Uh, be a be a member of the Night's Watch for life. Right. So he hasn't said that yet, so there's still hope. He could go home with Tyrion. Pretty sure Tyrion's not saying the words. <laughs> you never know. Maybe he'll be enraptured by all the cold. Fun, all the cold <laughs> and all the fun they have there, yeah. those jolly members of the Night's Watch. The lack of females. <laughs> so Benjen tells him that in the Night's Watch they only get what you earn and that he... Uh, is still a green boy who smells of summer. Mm-hmm. I wonder how long that uh, summer smell lasts. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I would think, given how cold it is there, not too, not too, not too terribly long. Uh, Benjamin says that they put aside old families when they say their vows. Ned will always have a special place in his heart, but these men 
here are his brothers now. Yeah. And once again, he mentions that they're John's family too now. Yeah. But he hasn't said the words yet. Yeah. So everybody seems to keep assuming that he's going to say the words. I think they're probably so unused to having volunteers at <laughs> <in> the wall. <laughs> That, actually, that they forget that he's got a choice, you know. Yeah, someone that has a choice that isn't punishment or death. <laughs> Good point. John thinks that Ned should have warned him what life would be like. Um, yeah. It stings him that his father allowed him to be sent to such a place. Which Tyrion helpfully pointed out in uh, the last Tyrion, I think it was Tyrion 2 chapter. Yeah. So so he does seem to listen to what Tyrion says, but but then sort of ignores the wise advice that Tyrion gives. So. Right, he picks and chooses, yeah. which usually seems to be the wrong yes, one. Yes, <laughs> definitely. So when, after Benjen leads the rangers north of the Wall without Jon, he has a bit of a Tyrion-like moment where he envisions his uncle lying dead, which I say Tyrion-like moment because it reminds him of when Tyrion mentioned that he used to uh, envision his family being engulfed in dragon fire when he was a child, and John was aghast by that idea. Now here he is having a same similar moment. But but I'm thinking in this case it's more well well maybe I'm misremembering, but he, I don't think he was wishing Benjamin dead. I think Tyrion was wishing his family dead. I think here yeah. John is kind of more concerned for Benjamin. No, yeah, is that what you picked up? I picked up that. He was mad at him. Well, yeah. And was like, oh, yeah, seeing right. him dead on the ground. So Benjamin and the Rangers are going off to look for Waymar Royce, who, as we mentioned, was... Uh, one of the three men in from the, the prologue. prologue right. One who died and then reincarnated. Um, do we think that Ned told them about Garrett? I'm sure he did. In fact, I thought they referred to it, but maybe that was in the TV show. There was oh. a conversation between Ned and Benjamin, which I think was only in the TV yeah, show. Yeah, I don't remember it in the book. Yeah, where where Ned did talk about Garrett. And, uh. and Benjamin said something like, oh, yeah, things are grim at the, no- at the oh, wall okay. or something like that. So he wasn't, at least TV show version of them, was aware of serious misgivings about what was going on north of the wall. Right, okay. Yeah, I don't recall. I don't believe there's really any conversation in the book between yeah, so Benjamin and Ned. But I'm wondering, if he did tell him about Garrett, did he tell him about his message about the others? You see, that might be helpful to Benjen heading into this uh, journey. <laughs> and you see, for that reason, I think he did tell him. That's why the TV show went that route, I think. Because oh, it seems to me that okay. is the kind of thing you would say. You're like, if you see your brother, who's a member of the Night's Watch, and you've just executed a member of the Night's Watch, and that member of the Night's Watch was talking about the horrors he'd seen north of the wall... <laughs> I'm not going to mention that. <laughs> he doesn't need to know ben, that. Benjamin will find out. You know. So I, I, I'm guessing that that conversation was had. So the other reason to think that Ned would have said that is because it's not as if Ned didn't notice what Garrett was saying because right. he did report what Garrett said to Catelyn later on. So, yeah. so Ned was aware of what Garrett was saying, even if he didn't see it as an excuse. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it was not it was mitigating circumstance. <laughs> he at least acknowledged that he had said it. Yeah. So John's missing his siblings as we knew he would because he's yeah. a sweetie. Especially Arya and Rob. He thinks that Arya never really fit in just like him so I guess they bonded over their lack of conformity with the rest of the Stark family. And he mentioned that they even finished each other's Sentence. Oh, you want me to say sentences there? Sorry, <laughs> sentences. Yeah, sentences. <laughs> I thought I'd give it a try. Yeah. <laughs> I was afraid you might say sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> Word sentences. <laughs> uh, 
he, so John calls Rob his best friend and constant companion. Um, Tyrion did say that Rob was only nice to him because he was no threat to his future, and so that probably yeah. hurt him quite a lot. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> but he even misses Sansa. So, <laughs> must be lonely. So you know he's lonely. Yeah. He says she... She's called him half brother since she was old enough to understand what a bastard was. Yeah. So you know, if she if he's missing her, he's really lonely. So the the boys from the recruit class who start the fight, Gren, who claims that John broke his wrist during the combat earlier, he's big and stupid basically. Yeah. Uh, the the other one is Todder, who they call Toad. He's short and ugly and has an odd voice. Hence the nickname, I yeah. believe. Yeah. And then the other two were from the Tyrion Two chapter. The uh, the, the rapists, rapists who were being brought from the fingers, yeah. Exactly, yeah. And they called his mother a whore, and that's what uh, set John off. But the fight didn't last all that long, because uh, the smith, Donald Noy, steps in and breaks it up, and kicks everybody out except for John, and they have a bit of a heart-to-heart. Yeah, so the takeaways from that talk were that John's had a pampered life, despite the mistreatment by cat he's had a relatively pampered life compared to the other recruits right most of them grew up with nothing and many had mothers who actually were whores yeah so and none of them were chained by mastered arms so he says that he should quit acting like his victories are uh so special <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's kind of a joffrey move to yeah <laughs> people who were terrible at sword fighting Oh, he also tells him that the wall and the men of the Night's Watch are cold, hard, and mean, and that John's here for life, so get used to it. And John tries to explain why he hates it here so much, but all he gets out is that it's so cold. <laughs> it's just so cold. John, don't say the words, dude. Get out right. of there. <laughs> exactly. He said he's here for life, but mm. technically, again, they're just assuming. Maybe they just figure this is such a place that people just really want to be gravitate to yes. us they're, again they're so used to people who have no choice <laughs> so donald noy accuses john of being a bully which john doesn't understand right. and doesn't realize that he's been a bully but he basically has yeah and when when you look at it from someone's perspective other than john's you know he's like oh yeah, yeah maybe the, the people he's bullying are bigger and older than him right but nevertheless he has the skills to hurt them and he does of course he's just some of it, he's just probably not used to sparring with boys that have had no training. So he's used to just giving it his all, especially against older, stronger boys. But you got to feel that some of it is his, his venting yeah, sure, in the certainly. sparring yard. Yeah. So Donald Noy is a diverting addition to the cast. His backstory is interesting. We'll mention that later on. It does feel like John's had a heart-to-heart with some older, wiser man in every chapter. He talked right. Benjamin it back in uh, Tyrion 1 to Tyrion in Tyrion 2, and now Donald Noy in John 3, and they're all giving him similar advice, you yeah, know? right. Embrace what you are. Yeah, plus Tyrion tells him in this chapter as well, kind of the same thing yeah. when they're walking to the common hall. But yeah, it would be nice to see John gaining some insight of his own. Right. Yeah, it would. I mean, I mean, obviously, he is only 14, and at 14, you know, adults can help you, guide you, but... It is kind of like, it's becoming thematic that he just gets right. advice from older people. Yeah. So John seems agreed that he wasn't warned how bad things were. But again, we we, we, we all think he was warned, certainly by me and you. Right. You and I were screaming at the book. To, <laughs> Don't do it! Yeah. Run away! Yeah. He gives Tyrion credit for warning him, but he doesn't think that anybody else did. Yeah. Benjen specifically said, yeah. this is one thing we 
forgot to mention when we were talking about Donald Noy is that Donald Noy mentions that John's here for life. And John is thinking about Donald Noy's life and he's thinking about all the things he's accomplished and the battles he's been in and the fact that he has seen a lot and done a lot. This is exactly what yeah. Benjamin told this John exactly to do. exactly what yeah. he said. And uh, John took offense to the suggestion that he's not old enough and ready. No one but himself and King Robert and Cersei and Jamie and Catelyn to blame. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole series of events, but mostly himself. He didn't have to agree to this. Uh, he was the last line. He could have stopped it and yeah. said, I'm not doing yes. this. I'll, I'll, I'll go be a knight in the South. Right. You know, I'll try to become a, I don't know. A maester. He could have become a maester. That's an interesting choice, yeah. Or a Kingsguard. Right, yeah. And be a Kingsguard. It's poignant know. to me that John's billeted himself in the abandoned crumbling tower, Hardin's Tower, it's it called. Is. Yeah, yeah. And everyone's afraid of Ghost, and that's why. So he and Ghost are shacked up there together. To kind of ghosts of that crumbling very nice, tower. Very nice. The recruits have their choice of quarters because Castle Black has room for as many as 5,000 inhabitants, but its current occupancy is only 500. Yeah. And so there's a general state of disrepair, not enough people to maintain it. Right. Uh, yeah. His sense of loneliness and not belonging can only be exacerbated by that isolation that he's imposed on himself, but he's trying to use it like armor, which might be the cause of some of his troubles right. with the other recruits. Maybe if he tried to make friends, uh, he would find that he would yeah. make friends. I don't know. Tyrion suggests that Ned should arrest more stonemasons before the towers collapse around them. Yeah, which I think is kind of implying that only those faced with punishment or considering the Night's Watch any longer. Certainly you and I <laughs> think that I would have to be punished to go here. So we get our first proper descriptions of the wall. It's big. It's the largest it man-made structure. Um, According it, to Benjen, anyway. Yeah. It has huge war machines on top for hurling stuff at the Snarks. And the Grumpkins. True. Uh, Tyrion <laughs> refers to it as, beyond a doubt, the most useless structure built by man. Yeah. But, it, but, it, but then that goes to... Why did they build it? Right. They must have had some fear when they built it. At, at some point, as that's quite the effort to build a... I've, I was actually looking this up just this past week. We know it's 700 feet long, but it's also 300... No, it's 700 feet high. That's what I meant to say. If it was 700 feet long, they'd walk around <laughs> it. <laughs> the snarks the snarks this way, the grumpkins this way. Form a line, form a line, please. 700 feet tall, 300 miles wide. We'll be right back. Hello, friends. Are you ready to make some unforgettable memories? Well, if so, consider the Marriott Bonvoy program. Discover the perfect destination for your summer getaway and unlock exclusive deals on luxurious accommodations. With our affiliate partnership, you'll enjoy unbeatable savings and a seamless booking experience. Don't let summer slip away. Visit Marriott Bonvoy today and make this vacation season one for the books. Use our Ghosts of Heron Hall affiliate page to check it all out and buy Bonvoy points or give some as a gift. The link to our page is in the show notes. And, and I would say long. You see... Sorry to keep on being pedantic about what you're saying, but the width, now I know how the, Martin feels. The width of the wall is sort of like front to back. The length right. of the wall, so I would say 700 feet high, 300 miles long, and about 20 feet wide. What Simon said, <laughs> it's big, it's and big. it took a lot of effort to make. <laughs> That's what I'm getting at. But if his opinion is the prevailing one outside of maybe the north. It's really no wonder that they're so understaffed. Yeah, who who would send even 
a fourth sun, even a bastard sun, right. to defend a wall that you don't see any point to. Yeah, it's really only the folks in the north, probably the upper northern part of the north. That, yeah. uh... but then, but then that begs the question: Why do the northerners believe it? I mean, if the mythical creatures from beyond the wall are have not been seen in the lifetime of the people, right? Yeah. Why did the Northerners still believe it? Is it just because the stories are more told in the North than they are further south? I think it's probably more of just that they respect the tradition uh, of yeah. the Night's Watch. It's it's in the North, so they're more familiar. It's colder up there anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they're not as much of a shock when they get there. Yeah. But I, I really think it's just, you know, they still... Most of them still worship the old gods, and yeah. old traditions are still strong up there in the north. I think that probably has something to do yeah, with it. I, maybe you, maybe that's a, you make a good point about the sort of the, that it is a noble tradition to join the Night's Watch. Well, there must have been a reason at some point, kind of thing. Right, right. <laughs> so Castle Black doesn't have any walls itself, apart from the wall, the big one to the north of it, which clearly shows that their only concern is for threats from the north. They're right. Not, all worried about threats from the south. Yeah, which according to most of the realm is nothing but snow and ice on well, the, the far side. The wall would protect you from some of that. <laughs> yes, it would. <laughs> yeah, so basically it's become a dumping ground for undesirables and nobody thinks about it. Right. It is troubling for the realm, though, if the wall is massively understaffed, if the winter that most assuredly is coming is as scary as Bran's dream suggested it would be. Yep. You remember Bran's dream, the one thing that terrified him was what he saw in the north. Right. Which was nebulous, but scary. Scary. And we certainly know that the others are out there because we read the prologue. Yep, indeed. And yeah. if Benjen manages to come across Sir Waymar Royce, he's going to figure it out too. And if <laughs> Ned had that conversation right. with Benjen about what he heard from Garrett, he would also have suspicions. Yes. And we only got a glimpse of those others, but... They seem like trouble. Yeah. So John does find out from Lord Commander Mormont that Bran is awake, so we do finish on a bit of an upbeat note. He's ecstatic, thinks none of the rest of what's gone on matters. Right. The good news there, coupled with the perspective he gets from his talk with Noy, causes him to extend olive branches to Gren and to the other boys. Right. We don't really get to see where that goes, but at least he's trying, and hopefully yeah. it's well-received. Yeah. Everybody laughed at his joke. Yeah, so. yeah. But his joke was sort of at Alistair Thorne. Yeah. And... Uh, Alasathon ends with a, yeah. a clanging, I don't like you, Lord Snow. <laughs> so. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about about that. He made the joke. The simple joke was, yeah, I'd like to see that. I'd like to see Ghost uh, juggle when he says, um, you'll have better luck teaching a wolf to juggle than mm-hmm. teaching Gren to fight. I mean, gosh, he's a little bit sensitive, that one, isn't he? I think it's because all of the stupid kids, after a couple of seconds thinking about it, went, oh, that's funny. (laughs) That would annoy you as out of the thorn. I could see him getting mad and being like, drop and give me 20 push-ups or something like that. But, you know, the the chapter ended with, he said, grievous mistake, Lord Snow, in the acid tone of an enemy or something like that. I was like, man, it's not like he said his mother's a hamster and his father smells of elderberries. (laughs) I mean, now that I can understand. (laughs) But I think Alasathon didn't like him to begin with. I mean, I think he was happy to have a recruit who wasn't a complete incompetent, but I think he didn't particularly care for him. I don't know, maybe some background with the snows or some, the, the Starks. Possibly, but it certainly seems that he's made an enemy of someone who has a lot of, 
power over him right now, which is rarely a good idea, especially when that person appears to be a bit of an ass. Yeah. So to background information, let's talk about Alistair Thorne. He's yep. around 50, sinewy and very bitter. He's the master of arms at Castle Black. He took the black after fighting for the Targaryens in Robert's Rebellion. House Thorne's a minor house of the Crown Lands, so the fealty has switched from Targaryen to Baratheon of King's Landing. Gren's the larger of the two recruits that get into the fight with John. Um, Thorne nicknames him Aurochs after a type of docile, but... Docile? Docile? Do- I would say docile. <laughs> so... Yeah. Thorn nicknames him Aurochs after a type of docile but huge type of grazing cattle. They are wild cattle, but north of the wall, the wildlings use them to pull sleds. He's not the sharpest tool in the shed. Doesn't appear to be. Yeah. Toad or Todder, he's a short and ugly recruit. Um, grew up in a tavern, knows bawdy songs as a result. <laughs> right. So that's a plus. Yeah, yeah. That's you know, yeah. entertainment. Yeah. So as, as you had mentioned, uh, Donald Noy, he thought he was a pretty interesting character. He was originally the armorer to Robert Baratheon and the maker of Robert's preferred warhammer, the one that he used to kill Rhaegar mm-hmm. the Trident. He took the black after losing an arm in the siege of Storm's End during Robert's Rebellion. And from what we know of the siege, we can assume said arm was spit-roasted and enjoyed by all. Oh, yeah. Which is, we'll explain later what, uh, yeah. I guess... If, when they talk about that siege, yeah. they, they talk about the hunger levels. <laughs> Yeah. It really depends what brought the arm off. If it was gangrene, they probably maybe left it alone. Put a lot of salt on. It. <laughs> <laughs> He's now steward and blacksmith of Castle Black. He's a big dude with a fair bit of wisdom. Yeah. They mentioned that there are nineteen strongholds along the wall. Um, three are still manned. Yep. Uh, besides Castle Black, there's the Shadow Tower located in the far west of the walls, garrisoned by around two hundred men. It's not the westernmost stronghold. There is another called Westwatch by the Bridge that is currently unmanned. The other manned one is East Watch by the Sea, which is a port at the eastern edge of the wall, also garrisoned by around 200 men. Only 17 strongholds have ever been manned at once. The largest and oldest of the strongholds is the Night Fort. It was abandoned around 100, 100 to 150 years ago due to the cost of maintaining it. It houses the Black Gate. That is a secret door through the wall. It's said to be magical and only opens for sworn brothers of the Night's Watch. It's how I surmise the brand. You remember in uh, brand one... We were discussing how Garrett got through the wall if he stopped back at Castle Black and hung out with his friends a little bit and then kept going. And I said, there is a way he could have gotten through the wall without seeing anybody. Is the Black Gate that I was referring to. I do actually remember all that now you've said it. Yep. <laughs> so um, there are other geographical locations along the wall. We'll get to them as they come up. So comparison with the TV show, Show John breaks Gren's nose, not his wrist. Uh-huh. Donald Noy is dropped completely, doesn't appear at all. All oh. of the breaking up the fight and the words of wisdom are Tyrion. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Tyrion broke up the fight? Well, just <laughs> with, his, with his tongue. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, Donald Noy did too. Right, just yeah. Just by warning them to not. He just has a little, um, more, he's a little more intimidating. True. Tyrion gives John the advice on recognizing the boys are not castle trained, never held a sword, etc. Um, Tyrion already has the note from Winterfell, so John doesn't have to go to see Lord Commander Mormont. Oh, so okay. he gets the news a little bit earlier, and then later we cut to John helping Gren and Toad and Pip, which is another sort of unnamed character, right. um, with their sword work. John does not offend Arthur Thorne at this point, mm. so that might not happen in the show, or might be pushed to later. All right. So um, I don't think I've got any pedantry for this one. Um, the whole point of the wall. Right. 
the, the point of the wall. We get the point of the wall. Right. There's some horrible threat <laughs> north of it. But why would you send anyone to the Night's Watch? Apart from criminals. Criminals, and, yes. Yeah. That I get. Okay, so to news and notes. I did a little bit after we talked about the rubies in... Um, Actually, we have a connection here to the rubies because Donald Noy is the person who built the right. hammer that broke the rubies off of Rhaegar's chest. Yes, connecting into the, the dots there. Into I like the trident. Or connecting the rubies, as mm-hmm. it were. Mm-hmm. Rubies are quite a bit harder than I uh, speculated. Yeah. I, I looked this up. They're on a scale in which diamond is a 10, rubies are a 9. So they are quite tough. Okay. So it, the, the scale is called the Mo scale. M-O-H, not M-O-E. Okay, cool. Um, so it does make sense that the hammer might have dislodged them off the chest plate rather than smashed them. Yeah, I would they... imagine some got broken, but right. generally speaking, the weakest part of that would be the the adhesive holding the ruby to the chest, to the armor. Okay, than... yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I had thought about that uh, kind of all week, off and on, mm. thought about what whether they would shatter or not. I, I definitely think it's possible, but I don't think... I don't think it would. I don't think it would have been universal. Yeah, cool. So that's good for the ruby hunters. Find bigger rubies. I suppose so. All, yeah, bigger rubies, but less of less them. of them. That's, that's, the, that's the downside. Maybe they'll smash them and share them with. Yeah, possibly. Yes. <laughs> now you don't think. So do you want to tell our listeners the good news? Well, yeah. So so <laughs> hopefully um, it's good news. Yeah. <laughs> we are going to try and uh, up our output for a while. We're hope- the sweeps situation. <laughs> You know that doesn't translate to any other country than really? the United oh. States. Nobody knows what that means. Okay. E- even I'm struggling to know what it means. <laughs> um, we're hoping to do two episodes a week for a couple of months to try and sort of like just get a critical mass of uh, episodes out there. So um, regular listeners, please be aware that there'll be a drop um, at some other point in the week. I don't think we're going to drop two at the same time, are we? No, probably not. It's going to... It's going to take a little bit to, to build up the steam to get yeah. start being able to do two in a week. And it won't be permanent. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to do this. We don't think we can maintain it for the long haul, but um, we just want to get to a sort of... I, I think we're concerned that some of our listeners are... You know, some of our potential listeners are seeing that we've only got 20 episodes and going, that's not enough. You right. know, I'll, I'll get through that in a couple of days. So we're trying to get over a sort of point where people will be like, oh, there's quite a bit to go on there. Right. So. They're not dedicated like Hestia, who got through all six and then said, I'm sticking with you guys, which we very much appreciate. Or our listener in Belgium who binged the whole thing in one sitting. <laughs> yes. Good for them. So, yeah. Um, so just keep an eye out for episodes dropping at a different time. And uh, we'll keep you posted on how this is going and tell you when we're going to back off it, because we're definitely going to back off it right. at some point. Cause yes. It's, it's going to be hard work to keep this going. We do have lives to attend Yes, at some point. So in conclusion for this episode, um, John, we did try to warn you. We did. It's going to be cold. It's cold. It doesn't have the central heating that Winterfell has. Nope. And if it did, that would just melt the wall. <laughs> right. Because the wall is ice, right? It is it's, ice. It's not blocks of anything. So it, I'm not sure that counts as a building then. <laughs> <laughs> Someone I guess it, had to stack the ice. I guess it I does. Guess. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you'd think of an igloo as a building, even though right. it's made of. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, I guess so. Although I guess the wall isn't necessarily a building; it's just more of a structure. Well, that, yes. Very good. Very good point. Very good point. Someone still had to build it, though. Yeah. Brand, brand the builder is brand who the builder. gets credit. For Another it. one, like um, we were talking about, egg on the unworthy. Right. Did he 
gain the name or did he assume the name? <laughs> I mean, if Brown the Builder was born Brown the Builder, he probably went, well, we've got to do something. What else am I going to do with his name? Can't become I, an accountant. <laughs> I, I'm guessing, again, that it was given after the fact. Probably. At least during his Possibly, reign yeah. as a builder. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we do wonder how long the smell of summer takes to wear off. Is is a vague thing. <laughs> I, I assume it's fairly metaphorical. I mean, yeah. Once you stop, once your teeth stop chattering all the time, maybe right. that's it. When, once you stop going, it's so cold. <laughs> yeah, it's just so cold. <laughs> it doesn't look like Uncle Benjamin's going to be much of a friend to John, or not, no. at least not a special friend to him. Man, I was hoping he'd at least help him out a little bit but maybe he figures you know tough love type situation if i if i coddle him a little bit yeah. it's going to be a longer process for that smell of it, summer to wear off i think benjamin would be more justified if the people if the recruits were like john if yeah. he was one of the recruits and they were all castle trained or bastards or whatever right then the tough love would be better there here he's such an outlier from everybody else right it feels like you might want to give him just a little bit of sensitivity or maybe Benjen is afraid of the perception of favoritism. Him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, doesn't want to make life harder on John because people, you know, people maybe like Sir Alistair especially would really rake him across the coals. Yeah, for um, getting favoritism from his uncle. That, that's a very good point. So Donald Noy provides some useful wisdom, which should help make John's life better with his fellow recruits. Yeah, you, you'd think. I hope his olive branch is accepted. Well, as I said, it was in the TV show. You saw okay. them, you, sh- you saw them sparring in a much more friendly way, him giving yeah. them advice. He definitely needs some friends. Needs yeah. to take off that armor of solitude, which sounds like something Superman would have had. Didn't he have this <laughs> something of solitude from Superman, right? Uh, I'm not an expert on Superman, ah, I'm afraid. All right. <laughs> I, I, comic books are, I don't know, they've passed me by. Yeah. The only comic book that I ever really read was um, Judge Dredd. Huh. Yeah. Wow, that is a rather yeah. random yeah, yeah. choice. Which, um, there's been two movies of Judge Dredd, one of which was um, Sylvester Stallone as Judge Dredd, which was an absolute stink fan. Yes, I remember it. Terrible. It. Yes. And the, the worst thing about that was they crammed every enemy he'd ever had into one movie and then killed right. them all off in like five <laughs> seconds flat. It was like, well, but they were really good. They were, they were, they were sort of arch nemeses. Right. But then the other one was with... Um, Keith Urban, is that right? Am I getting that name Keith right? Keith Urban? No. Isn't he a singer? The singer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Carl Urban? Uh, let's use the internet. We're yes, using the internet, listen. everyone. <laughs> oh, Judge Dredd. And it also has, coincidentally, it has... Um, Carl Urban? Could that be who Carl you're Urban, thinking yeah. of? Yes, Judge Dredd. Although this has Keith Urban too, but uh, I, I'm guessing it's Carl <laughs> Urban. I'm probably the one who typed that. <laughs> <laughs> So, yes, it was Carl Urban, 2012. But, it, but look Judge who else Dredd. is in that movie. Oh, this one. No, right. Look who else is in that movie. Second second on the billing, I would imagine. Or maybe third on the billing. Is it you? No. Rachel Wood? No. That's second. Or she's second. Le- oh, Lena Headley. How about that? Lena Headley, yeah. she's, she's the baddie. Okay. She's good. Good as a baddie. baddie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But she... I follow her on Instagram, and she's such a fun-loving, at least uh-huh. her social media profile, right. she's such a fun-loving, fun-having kind of person. It's funny to think of her as... I, I once saw one photo of her from an, a rap party at 
uh, after the season ended on Game of Thrones. Yeah. And she was dancing with Peter Dinklage. <laughs> and she just looks like she's having a blast. Yeah. She just looks like, you know, such a nice person. I watched a movie um, on a flight uh, that she was in. It was called Fighting with Family, I think. It was about a a girl who goes on to become a WWE wrestling star. Hmm. And she was really fun in it, hmm. Lena Headley. Is it Lena or Lena? 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 I don't know. Well, whatever. I like her. I'm a I fan. I like her too. All right. We have anything else? Uh, episode related that we want to uh, address <laughs> derailed us slightly with but, but I don't think I finished saying it that movie's terrific oh yeah that's right that, that's, the other Carl. Judge Dredd movie is really good the one with the one with right. uh, the singer uh, Carl, guy <laughs> the non-singer guy <laughs> and Le- Lena Head is it I don't know how to say her name either is it Heedy yes Lena Heedy Lena Heedy alright that's what we'll go with we'll go with Lena right. Heedy by the way I believe it is the Fortress of Solitude Superman. I said it was the something of solitude. I think it's the fortress of solitude. Anyway, is that it? Got anything else? I think we're there. All right. So, yeah, reach out to us on social media. Please do. Uh, Like and subscribe. Leave comments. Yeah, you can always reach us at ghost.heronhall at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at ghostheronhall. We're out on Facebook and... We're on Instagram now. I don't know if I told you that. Oh, I didn't know that. That's exciting. I mean, it means nothing to me, but I'm sure that'll connect us with the kids. Well, you remember last week, Stacy said, we need an Instagram profile. So I took her advice, as I usually do, and went out and created an Instagram profile. Did you do it begrudgingly like you usually do? Or <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> Anyway. Well, thanks for doing that. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Glad, I'm glad you're in charge of the social media. All right, so um, I guess that's it. Yeah, that's it. Thanks for listening, everybody. We really thanks. appreciate it. Yeah. Bye. Bye.